You're listening to Creative Rituals with me, artist and illustrator Georgie Stewart. This is a new podcast about the daily habits of artistic life. Each week I'll be asking writers, artists, musicians and all kinds of creatives about how exactly they get down to it and make great work. How do artists plan their day to generate and protect their creativity? My guest this week is the musician and graphic designer Charlie Straw. Whether it's through his powerful branding designs or the songs he writes and performs, Charlie has always been driven by compelling storytelling through his art. He learned his craft in the festival industry, and as well as selling out headline shows in London, he's opened for major artists like James Bay. These days, Charlie finds himself more drawn to focusing on his design work. We chatted about how he balances the different strands of his creative practice, and the ways in which they inform one another. Could you talk a little bit about the work that you do and the different sides of your practice? Um, well, I guess there are probably two uh, strands to what I do, one being um, music and the other being design. Um, and both have had different sort of had different slices of the pie at different times in my life. I'm probably at a point now where it's pretty much all design and then music is the respite. Um, and there, but there was a period a few years ago where it was all music and design was helped covering some bills. Um, so yeah, those are the two different bits. I'd probably approach them really differently and think of them very differently, but I suppose they both fall under the umbrella of creative output. Yeah. And so you said that it's kind of all design now. So it's never kind of, you're not juggling the two at one go. So you kind of put all your creative energy into one side of your practice. Um, I think I have since probably since uh covid i am um, and it's, it's been yeah as a result that was probably a force to just focus on design because there was no real music happening and like it was probably the the momentum around it was wrapping up um but actually i always remember speaking to i was like sat next to i can't remember his name but it was an artist and i was like oh i do i do design and music and he was like when you choose one it will that one will fly and i kind of stubbornly was like oh no i don't know what you mean um and then because I very much thought the one informed the other I think so it's interesting isn't it because I guess when you do sort of focus on one yeah like as he as he said what one will fly but then I think it's sad to think that as you just said they they, I think everything informs each other and often when you're a creative person that you tend to have a a lot of or a few different creative things that you're going to be interested in yeah and I I suppose the, the 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 other bit with that is like if it's not um i probably always want to be making stuff and one is very much motivated by clients i'm sure it's something you have with your work but one is motivated by clients one is motivated by myself sorry my head pressure's just here one sec. Okay, okay, sorry. sorry about that oh good <laughs> carry on I mean, listen now we were discussing doing all that the hello fresh when we move in a couple of weeks yeah, I they definitely do it. I love it so much. <laughs> okay, nice. So you're moving um, in together. That's exciting. Well, we've li- we live together now. But oh, do in, you actually in, know that? Yeah, with like three other housemates, um, since March. But then we're moving into yeah our own place in two weeks. Nice. Where are you moving? Um, in De Beauvoir in Dalston. 
Okay, nice, cool. Um, yeah, only kind of up the road. It's yeah, very exciting. Um, uh, yeah, sorry. What was the what was that question? We were talking go again? about. Um, I can't remember the exact question, but just about when you have different creative outlets um, as opposed to just pursuing one. But I guess with the music thing, do you think that's something that you will go back to or? Um, I mean, I I definitely have a a dream of when I'm maybe, I suppose, put bluntly, but when I move out of London, I have a dream that I'm going to have like a nice little home studio set up and I will sort of self-produce and write an album just sort of for myself and for anyone who wants to listen to it and just have like uh, a guitar and maybe some simple instrumentation and just keep it to the songs um, like uh, without too much distraction because I think to to the where it sits in what I do now I do just sort of write for the sake of it um, and I think that would probably be the best way to showcase that um, so I hope so um, and I think I always will like it's definitely like a as I say, like it's it's something I feel like I just do intrinsically when I when I feel like it, and, and I've probably more so recently writing without music as well. So like poems, I suppose, probably highlights the fact that I just it's just something I do. Whereas design is something that has external motivations. I think that's where the magic is, though, when you are just making for the sake of making alone, when you're not thinking about outside voices because mm. uh, i think then that when the fear kind of comes in that kind of shuts down your creativity whereas as you say if you're just in your studio in your little room making the thing not thinking about validation from others i think that's when like truth almost comes through in in the art and what you're making that's so true yeah and i've probably been really guilty of approaching probably latterly like approaching music like design where I will see sort of management or other people around as like the client and then like writing to that brief of like and making it really sort of um clean uh like that whereas yeah I think where I it sits now is like a personal expression um and yeah searching for that magic I suppose yeah because I guess I was going to ask you about that, basically, about when you're sort of making art tailored to other people and the idea of, I guess it's kind of interesting in relation to music, but also with graphic design or illustration like me, the idea of sort of the gatekeepers at the top, these people who supposedly hold the keys to the doors of where you want to go. Mm -hmm. um, and, yeah, I think often we kind of grow up thinking that we need this big break or we need someone to give us yeah give us this big break and you kind of feel like you're waiting in the wings and that waiting for the fallout can actually be really disempowering it's quite a unhealthy way of looking at art whereas I think if you actually just kind of get on with making it on your own like make the album write the book draw the picture are you one of those people who is happy to just sort of dive in without waiting for permission or kind of invitations from above how did that feel in the music industry is that something that that you felt like you were kind of yeah asking for permission from the gatekeepers basically yeah I yes it, it, in a word but then I suppose it's like I probably look back on what we the you know the, what what did with music as like I would I wish I'd enjoyed it more and that it doesn't matter where you're at like there's always someone further ahead now 
and even now working with musicians on a design side you know people who are like doing so well but they're still you know there's people bigger than them there's people doing bigger tours there's people who are winning more awards or selling more records so like i suppose it's like in that in that world at least it's like vaulting ambition um of of just constantly never being happy you know if you sold one Wembley you probably want it there's someone else who sold 10 Wembleys and like where you where you kind of want to um where you want to get to you're probably never happy um so but yeah I probably never got to to any of those levels but um I think that there was a really really freeing point where I was like if I don't focus on how many Instagram followers I've got I'm actually really happy with what I've I'm doing and what I've done like I like the music you know loads uh, uh, like more people than I would have expected have listened to it and if I'd have just enjoyed that rather than worrying about like getting another Instagram follower or making sure I'm posting three times a day because like I don't know I'm probably I'm I've got my my film of cynicism but I'm sort of I wish it was you know pre-social media you know you watch I think what was that Daisy Jones and the Six series recently? It was like they literally just their job was just to make music and have fun. Whereas rather than like doing Instagram lives and like making sure they're pandering to the algorithms, um, which I think is reflected in like people's general unhappiness in for, for artistically in the music. Yeah, I think it is such a mental time to be creating art. Like I, I did, have you seen this interview with David Bowie where he sort of predicts the effects of the internet yeah i have seen that yeah yeah. and it's literally to a t and i think yeah he predicted it basically how we're gonna embrace ubiquitous opinion and yeah i think he'd be pretty devastated to see but not surprised to see the Mm. state the internet has left us in now where you know actors are getting film parts based on how many tiktok followers they have rather than actual like ability in the club not all the time but yeah but it's, I think it's because like no one, yeah, because like no, there's no exact like template for it, and so no, everyone's kind of get like clutching at something. Yeah, and I feel like he would be so devastated to see what it's done to us in terms of we're now sort of scared to share our art, or we think art is only art when someone's commented on it, or hmm. or like going back to the gatekeeping keeper thing to give that sort of green light, and that creativity is even like a quantifiable thing on based on how many likes or followers something has is really depressing whereas there's so much great art that will be missed out on being made now because of yeah the internet has made us too scared because we're always comparing ourselves to other people almost Mm, that's and that's probably what i like that's probably what i love about design is that anything i don't if it's like a branding project it's so long as the client's happy then like because I very like with design if if music's my work design is the client's work and so all that really matters at the end of the day is, is if the client's ha- uh, happy so it's like it's sort of it's a much smaller audience to to make to sort of get that approval from um yeah it is I mean you know as I'm probably embarrassed to admit it is kind of about all about approval at at, at at some level so that's so much more manageable and like for years I like didn't have any social media of design I was like this is such a nice little sanctuary of just like communicating with a smaller amount of people um and still being able to be super creative but not have the that sort of take myself out of it um and that in a way makes it more 
sustainable i think or yeah just like i don't know less exhausting and i can do it i can do it five days a week and not feel like i need to break or change like i've got like a nice routine to it now and i love what i do yeah and i guess sort of looking after yourself in that way in terms of um just the kind being happy is it can be more important than your Mm. i don't know create I don't I wouldn't say creativity but I feel like sometimes a couple of years ago when I first got signed by my illustration agents and I started doing uh, more jobs kind of like the ones that you're talking about I guess I think I kind of struggled with that for ages when like accepting that they were the boss like the client mm. was the boss and they'd ask for changes and I'd be thinking no that's not right but you kind of have to give it away but now as as you said I kind of have my other thing that's just for me and I will just do what they say. And I'm like, this is my job. That's like, they're my boss. I'm making the client happy. And I can go and express my creativity in my own thing elsewhere. Um, but yeah, it's a weird one to kind of get your head around at first when you think you're the creative. Yeah. And I I, I, there's, I probably had a bit of a journey on that where it was like, I would do what I thought was right, you know, based on the brief um, and then, with any amends I could sort of I could protect my ego being like oh you know that's not what I would do so if it's not as good as it looks then that's kind of on them not me but I think a couple of larger projects recently have had I've been like working with a strategy agency and so they have got all that like they've done all the the backup so you can I'm probably getting I'm probably learning and I'm maybe getting older and like less impostery like starting to explain why certain decisions have been made and why they might be better for the for the end result and hopefully like talking people through it and then if then if they want to change it then it's it is separate to me i you know it's it's it is as i say it's their work so i i can i can move on to the next one and maybe not have it in the center of the website yeah and how do you feel about sharing your work in general i know you said there that you're with your design work you used to kind of keep that private but but now you have a design page and your music page how yeah how do you feel when you're putting stuff out is there ever a moment when you when you've made something and you're putting stuff out there and you're like oh god or are you always quite chill with, with just putting it out there yeah I, I mean I'd, I I should probably say now that I love oh, I don't like get very nervous sharing my work I was like I'm actually quite happy sharing it it probably speaks of my ego more than anything but um no I yeah I I if I've had like if I've sort of yeah come to something that I'm really happy and proud of I'll definitely I've got some design friends and we always kind of go for dinner and then everyone will just sort of share their work and I think it's quite good and that's yeah I mean it's such a such a necessary part of it so I'm glad that I don't have too much resistance I am probably quite self-critical of like when it's like online and it's out there because I probably would want to spend ages doing it but when it comes to it I'm just sort of mocking stuff up and then getting getting it live just so it's out there um, and there's always someone who's got a you know a, a, a swishier website that presents their work better but I don't know I'm I'm always so long as the I, I'm happy with the idea and the concept to the core of or whatever I'm doing I'm always happy to share it because if it if it doesn't resonate with someone I can just move on to the next one yeah and I think that's the best place to be in because I think I went through a bit of a stage a while ago where I would kind of have those reservations but I actually think that's your ego just getting in the way I think Mm. leaving that to the side and just putting your work out there is actually less egocentric than worrying about it because um 
that's just your true creativity, your true self shining when you're putting art into the world. And as soon as you start thinking about other people's opinions, I think that's your ego actually coming in. Yeah, and and I'm I'm sure for you, and I know with me, like I have a sort of like a selective works, but it's part of a journey. And like, if it, even if it's you, you know you can't, it's not always going to be the most accomplished thing you've done, but that's okay. And like, so long as so long as you're so long as you're you know you're developing your craft, it's you know it's all part of the the work. And yeah, I think. There's probably elements of showcasing, but also like, you know, it's interesting to see where you come from. Absolutely. And I feel like we're always so much harder on ourselves because I would never look at anyone else and think, oh, that's a bit weird that they've shared that. You know, you just take in the art, you have your gut reaction. I like it. I don't like it. It makes me feel this certain way. You, I would never, ever think oh, that's pretty weird that that they've shared that art you just think that, that that's really cool that they've put that art onto the world yeah well even if you don't like it you'll always be like oh i'm sure there's a reason why they want to share that um exactly whereas when it comes to yourself i think you're just a lot more critical and yeah getting to a point in your practice when you can kind of leave that at the door sort of welcome those thoughts but then be like no i'm just gonna put this out and move on move on to my next thing yeah and i'd i'd yeah that that excites me more but I know there's there's different approaches where it's all you know has to be like super considered and it's like very you know minimal like output and everything's like at the absolute top but I mean definitely at this you know hopefully we're still fairly young in doing this and like it's okay to make some mistakes and learn from them and maybe cringe a little bit at stuff you did five years ago but that's the other thing also with design is I'd you know it's there will be things that don't like you regret in time but like it's you know there are there are trends to it and as long as the core concepts works then it hopefully will stand the test of time a bit more yeah and as you said earlier it's all just part of the journey yeah exactly so you mentioned earlier you would like to maybe have a little studio in your next place could you describe your current workspace to me um what kind of things in the room? What's your view looking out the window? Um, well, I'm in a I'm in a co-working space um, in London Fields at the moment. I I, I work from home. I had like a yeah, setup at home for a bit, um, just because London is expensive. Um, but I yeah, I moved into a co-working space. My my line is for my back and my head. I think having a routine, having a commute is so good. Like even just listening to a podcast on the way in or listening to music is such a great way to start your day because I found I was like just getting up and like my laptop was pretty much at the end of my bed and I would like there would just be no friction to to like getting into work or no build up to it so like you know this morning I I walked walked into work I kind of had set myself up for but that's yeah yeah I'd I'd set myself up what I'm going to do in my day I knew I was doing this and like you start to just daydream and like there's a bit more you, you sort of give yourself a bit more time to to work and then in here it's yeah it's a nice space with lots of breakout spaces but also people can see your laptop screen which is quite good you know (laughs) (laughs) like I probably noticed by the end it was of working at home like it was starting to affect my output because like YouTube's great um (laughs) and so I think I'd probably benefit from like there being a certain visibility to like keep me focused um 
and there's you know because I work on my own you know I'll work with clients or alongside people on certain projects but having someone sort of to say good morning to in the morning oh you know otherwise you risk going long periods of time and start getting stir crazy so yeah I think my my setup is just trying to be amongst people and treat it like an a, like an office job um on the de, on the design side and then when I do music which uh, you know hasn't been for a little bit now but that is totally different and that is that when I write it's like isolation like irregular hours so if I, yeah in de, if design I'm really regimented like I'm pretty good at sort of getting in around eight quarter past eight I then do my working day and I like shut my laptop and I'm good at parking that if it's music I will block out five days and maybe those first two days I'll you know procrastinate and sort of hate it and then eventually like I'll it'll be 2 30 in the morning and I'm like finally at that place where like things are zinging um and there's no one to be like oh that was good you know and then yeah sort of go yeah to go back to that bit of not letting any other external factors in I think my most exciting creative experiences of music have been yeah in remote places and what's that creative process like in music for songwriting how does that typically work for you um I think it's probably been it's most interesting can I say that recently where it's I've just sort of I don't know I've felt like I needed to to say something um and or there's been something that's come up that I wanted to like articulate so I'll just think about the words and then alongside that there will be a guitar around and I'll probably they probably work together in that maybe it'll start with an idea and also because because I don't because I don't it tends to be like all or nothing at the moment like I'll either write a song and it'll be really easy I won't battle for it too much at the moment so there'll be something I want to write about and then I'll piece it into a song structure um and I've usually there's usually a guitar around so I've usually got some chord ideas that I'm kind of liking that I never write down because if I like how they are then I'd usually remember them it's probably quite a good way to know if it's working or not and then I'll probably thread that into the into those words if if it feels right um so fairly chaotic is the uh is the, is the quick answer um I have previously I did when I went like a, a few years ago when I sort of did like a, a trip um when I was like the first music I did and that was very different in that I was like writing two or three songs a day and I would go in and I would like start with chords, find chords that worked. Then I would write songs and I was just like, I was just intensely writing about heartbreak, I suppose, for like 10 days, um, which, yeah, it's probably easy to write about. I don't know, but, but not, I'm not so heartbroken. And how would you describe your sound for anyone who might not be familiar with your music? Um, probably like like folky, but like but soulful folk, I guess. Um, probably probably more uplifting recent more recent stuff. So you said that you find the sad ones are much easier to write, I guess, because when you think of music in general, pretty much most most songs are about heartbreak or. Oh yeah, and I've also listened. That's my like. That's my genre. Yeah, yeah. The national all day. Because 
I, I love listening to sad music and actually stage stand. <laughs> but whenever my mum would come in, she'd be like, why are you listening to this really sad music? But it doesn't mean you're a sad person often if you just enjoy sad music. I know, I think it just means you're a bit dramatic. Yeah. <laughs> uh, just hunting for that that music video moment. Um, yeah, it's also easy, like, there's less... I don't know, there's, there's less chance for it to be like insincere is it's sort of a good test to be like but if you're gonna say that better mean it because if you like you can like so easy to be like oh everything's great um i've definitely tried i try and try and do more of it because yeah i don't feel like i'm particularly sad these days (laughs) but sometimes so are you always writing from your true experience you're never sort of imagining and being a different character or something else that's happened to you or is that writing what's happened to you uh yeah probably it's at least based or dramatized on how i'm feeling or you know things that have happened just because yeah it's it's because it's for for me i suppose at the end of the day and actually yeah that that probably is the main difference of with design because that's like if music's coming out then design's coming in yeah that's a cool way of looking at it Mm. and is there a time in the day when you feel most inspired to create? Um, I thought about this when you sent that message. Uh, pre 10.30 in the morning. I'm like, when I when at school I've had an essay to hand in, rather than work late, I would set my alarm for like four in the morning to get it done. And I think now, I yeah, I've, I've worked with people, like on the music side, I've worked with people who were like, would love to run late because you like, get it gets a bit more intense, but... I'd kind of sit there in the morning because I'm a morning person. So I then tend to get a bit meandering towards the end of the day. So I know to come in in good time and like productive, focused. I probably don't immediately grab for the headphones in the morning, whereas by the afternoon I'm sort of, I'm nodding along to whatever. So I'm probably more focused on that. So yeah, mornings for me. Yeah, because there's that kind of romantic idea of, musicians in the studio late at night or artists artists in the studio painting late at night but in reality yeah I'm in bed at like nine o'clock so well I think also I'm quite I'm quite impatient like yeah when it comes to creating I hope I'm not impatient day-to-day life but like you know if I've got a brief and you know I've I've got to get my options for review together like I want them to come quick because that feels like a win um and then just to sort of relax into it so yeah, I think I'm probably, I'm not, I'm probably too worried to wait for inspiration to strike. I'd probably rather get get up and amongst it. So yeah, I think that's probably also why. I often feel as well when that inspiration does come, I'm like, I have to do it now because if I, mm. and it's, if I don't do it now, then I will just sit on an idea for maybe like a year and it still not happens. Yeah, keeping it fresh is so important. Yeah, yeah. strike while the iron's hot um but in that hour of the day when you're feeling your most creative what is it that you're actually doing are you planning are you actually drawing designing what yeah what what are you dedicating that time to i'm yeah i'm probably i'm probably just getting it getting it done i'm probably in a file um with you know in an illustrator i yeah i i I like that's my sketchbook really is is illustrator um I know it would be great for it to be like an old um, notebook. And I just you know we were taught like start with the pencil and work up from there. But I feel I, I, I use it so fluidly now after so many years, like it, there's no resistance 
to making anything on Illustrator. So when it comes to concept work, like that, what I would view as like pure creativity or like problem solving, I'm in an in an Illustrator file and I'm yeah, just working with with forms and colors. Um, that's probably when I yeah, I'm at my happiest work was. Um, rather rather than trudging through a sixty page InDesign document for a booklet, which I also do because you know design is is varied. Um, but yeah, for that creative stuff, it, that tends to be where I am. And what would you say has been your proudest moment in your career? We got to do one for music, one for design. Um, okay, yeah, nice. Uh, my proudest was probably my for music was my first headline show because that just felt like that kind of summarised that little period quite nicely. Um, and yeah, it was a load of friends and family were in the audience, so that probably was. I probably left that moment and was like, yeah, that was good. Um, and then design is probably equal as equal, I don't know, but was probably seeing um, my work on stage at Glastonbury and being like, that's that's great. As in, I don't know, if I'm not on those stages, then at least my work is. Um, what did you do for Glastonbury? What did you design? Oh, just, a, just an artist I do um, design for was playing on the what is now the Woodsy stage. That's a massive scale, though. That's incredible. Yeah, and it was yeah, and it was like on all the TV shows, and so actually that work is now. So I still work with her. I'm just doing her album campaign at the moment. But like, even you know, the logo was out in Japan this weekend. It's like I don't know. It's it's one one client, and there's those of I obviously do work for those people. That one seems to be the most just by the by the nature of that industry. It's sort of traveling around the world, and that feels good. But I probably it was the first time I'd seen it on stage, and yeah, yeah that was I, that was exciting. So probably pro the excitement is probably from Pride. And do you have a favourite venue that you've played at? Um, well, I th uh, yeah, there was a, a venue called Silent Green in Berlin, which is like a, I think it was like an old an old hospital, or yeah, it was like a slightly strange building, but quite like a cathedral, and it was like decent sized room really cool kind of felt like kind of felt like the roundhouse you know like almost art gallery-esque with like old buildings but with modern finishings and yeah the crowd was awesome there and so I think if I think to what was like an amazing venue I think that seems and also it's kind of far away from home there's a rom romance to that so that would be that would be mine yeah yeah nice I remember seeing some pictures of you from it must have been a while ago but you're playing on like some rocks and there's oh, yeah. a sea behind you and there's people sat in the rocks but small grief and the sun setting and yeah it just looked lovely and I wondered what what are your thoughts on in those intimate small audiences versus the big ones like do you have a preference oh yeah like I think oh it's so different um and I did a show last year in St Ives where there was like 30 35 people and yeah it's more of a conversation than like sort of throwing the songs out into the room which is great and for the type of songs I write it seemed to work well and it's probably what I've done most of so yeah I think that probably is that thing of you want it to affect you know five people profoundly than you know 500 as background music mm. and do you ever get stage fright or no uh no not really <laughs> well I, I have I've definitely experienced it but yeah I yeah I, I think I enjoy it too much 
Yeah, because I feel like even though sometimes you think maybe the bigger ones are harder, like I think if I was just giving a talk, say it was a talk or something, mm. to a small group of my friends, I'd almost find that more nerve-wracking than... Yeah, because you've probably got like more momentum from having a big room and like, you put, yeah. I, I I always think comedians, it must be... Well, by the time they're doing the big rooms, they can really just kind of go through the set. Whereas if it's like 10 people, yeah, people are more conscious as well of each other. It seems a bit less anonymous. Yeah. I think people who play those huge rooms definitely say that like small is just as nerve-wracking. Yeah. And what would be your dream design project to work on next? Mm. I mean, I, I, I'm kind of, I'm doing quite a dreamy, one like that's i'm rebranding a chocolate company at the moment and they've got like a great story like they're this sort of they're one of the only chocolate they're in cocoa beans so there's a real gift is having like a wealth of history or authenticity to draw on um and it felt like when the when i kind of when i got the brief it felt like there was such an opportunity to do something really exciting i absolutely love chocolate so there's you know i, get to, <laughs> I go into their office and there's chocolate around there like I, I think yeah there's probably not a, a dream brief there's probably a, like a dream process and i'd say yeah a great story to bring to like to tell that story visually so loads of to grab on rather than just plucking something out the air and the clients to be great and you know be sort of enabling creativity rather than being um devil's advocates um and yeah i think with design sort of less it doesn't necessarily have to be you know or redesigning nike would be the best brief because you know they're already there they've already had that work done it's more taking something that has so much opportunity to be more like i rebranded a mosquito repellent i actually loved it it sounds like the most niche and un sort of sexy work to do but they wanted to do something exciting in that space and that's actually so much fun trying to make something be exciting so it's easier when it's not originally exciting those are my dream briefs was that vague enough <laughs> no i love that because i so agree i think with illustration yeah or design work the storytelling is one of my well if not the favorite aspects of it especially when it's sort of all little details that you can thread together even if you, you think no one else might notice them you know that they're there you're threading together yeah yeah um and yeah, it just makes the whole process so much more exciting. Yeah, and it feels like your job to make it as exciting as possible. Um, and yeah, then it's yeah, it's more on you, which is good. Yeah. Are there any little things that you do to get yourself in that creative headspace before you start work, whether that's drawing or singing songwriting going on stage any little i don't know certain kind of music you listen to something you wear uh sound a smell anything that kind of gets you in that zone and makes you think okay i'm in creating mode now probably it's probably like a mix of different sort of stimulation i'm thinking of in in design times because that's probably what i'm most used to doing like whether it be reading or listening to something like with design it's obviously always around so just being excited by what you see and I think yeah being well rested and 
feeling lighthearted about stuff rather than sort of stressed or um yeah distracted so that's probably when when there's like when a when a branding project comes in and it's one that I, you know has the budget to get stuck into i'll sort of clear the decks get out in the world if it's if that's necessary to to sort of give a bit of time to think about it and do that research bit and then yeah once once i've done all that research it's it then it then gets going so that's probably that's probably a more technical way of it's like the ideas i'll only start on ideas once the research bit has been done so rather than you sitting around waiting for lightning to strike and how do you express yourself creatively outside of your work um i probably like dressing myself um which way to describe that uh yeah maybe maybe what i wear um and i definitely think about that um although obviously try and make it look like i don't like i don't um i painting a few things at home when there's when i'm sort of bored and yeah i don't i think i i probably in that respect like i'm so i i do feel like quite fulfilled pretty fulfilled in what i do that when i'm i've probably got i'm probably better now at just like shutting off a bit um and just doing things casually rather than seeing that those those moments away from work as like right now's my time to you know do my do my sort of whatever whatever it is i feel like i've been missing out on like i don't know i yeah there's so many days i walk back and like that was great mm. i think that's so interesting about seeing about dressing yourself because no one said that before and i find that yeah super fascinating because how how we present ourselves to the world it is an expression of who we are and often with with an artist or creative people dress or look like their work yeah well i think i yeah i, I almost i wonder if like you can kind of tell I don't know how good someone is. Like, I don't know if if you live a visual life, like it doesn't make sense to not then care about how you look, because obviously you, you place a value in the aesthetic. But there, you know, there are amazing artists and creatives who don't. And but you, but and then there's probably another side where people find that too much to to think about, and like another thing. So then they just wear black the whole time. I know, like fashion designers, that's must be that is such a thing. Um, but yeah, for it to again, that's the statement, though, isn't it? By doing that, yeah. I mean, illustra- illustrators definitely. I find with ones I've sort of along the way, they do tend to. There is elements of their work in how they dress, be it colourful, be it pattern, or you know, definitely. Whereas I'm probably a bit more of a chameleon design wise, but I probably just tick all the cliche graphic designer boxes of navy, navy blue, and little beanie hats. <laughs> Yeah, because a few people have said to me, you look like your illustrations. And I think I think it's a sign that you're probably doing something about you being yourself, aren't you? Yeah. Yeah, and I loved that when uh, years ago we did a project with Patty Stewart, who I'd never seen before, but someone before... I didn't I didn't go to the meeting with her. I was like, oh, what, what's she like? And someone was like, she's exactly like one of her drawings. And I loved that. Um, and yeah, she probably... That probably she does... It does feel like it's... An extension of her um and you also of course <laughs> in terms of your career as a creative how do you measure success and where would you like to see yourself in 10 years um 
I think I success probably just being able to do it. You know, I I work all time making stuff. I don't feel so lucky. I don't have to sort of do a job I don't enjoy to be able to do what I love. Um, and that's probably such a gift of with music. I was wasn't allowed to just do music. It was like if you want to do music, what else are you going to do? Um, and so that's such a that feels like such a reward that I'm not. I didn't throw in the towel and I now do uh, a job I find boring. So that's probably what I think of as success. Um, and then in terms of the next 10 years, I'd have, I think it's probably, there's a constant, do I sort of build a, sort of like maybe employ someone and start a company, but definitely at the moment, I feel like my biggest privilege is the freedom I have to, you know, I did a bit of traveling at the start of the year. I can, you know, manage myself um, and not have the, any restriction placed on that. So maybe it's just building up more more exciting work and work that's maybe of a larger scale, but still being as agile as I am now um, and just getting better, I suppose. Um, and in whatever shape that is, I don't know. I'm sure at every point someone, we, we will get a bit tired of what we're doing and maybe that will, shake things up but I don't know for for the end in 10 years I quite like to be doing what I'm doing but on a on a bigger more ambitious scale so hopefully I've learned a lot by then and living by the sea like you yeah <laughs> do, do you know where by the sea uh well I, it's the we're sort of we're, we are moving out of London uh, conversations are getting more developed so the Cornish dream is always there but I mean Edinburgh work ticks quite a few boxes as well so who knows Maybe maybe abroad as well. Yeah, I think you got to do. You got to jump in. Well, I think that's the whole point. Is like I, I can home is where home is where the Wi-Fi is. So I can. <laughs> I mean, I don't. I don't really meet that many clients face to face now. Do FaceTimes or, you know, I'll maybe go into their office occasionally. So I don't feel tied to anywhere. Which I wonder how that will change because it's where I am now. There's you know there's so many people doing creative things. Yeah, I guess like that's why we were able to. That's why we were able to um, move to Devon because I can kind of go where Ted goes, doing what I do. That's the beauty of it. You can just up up sticks and go wherever. Yeah. Um, but I love what you were just saying about you know how the success for you is actually just being able to do it because I think kind of what we're going back to what we were saying earlier about instagram and everyone showing their work you can fall into the trap of being like i need to be doing the next big thing onto the next big thing and i think i definitely fell into that trap i don't know a year ago or two years ago and it's on to the next on to the next mm. and it's actually being happy in the day-to-day -day of and thinking i'm actually doing this i'm an artist i'm a designer and just being happy in that day-to-day -day rather than thinking we need to be achieving these massive things all the time and yeah just being grateful for what what we've got in the day, day today yeah and definitely then I think that I, I end up only getting around to sort of updating my website at the end of the year in like a panic before Christmas because I feel like I should do that because I haven't done it for ages and then that's often quite a nice point but like oh I was I did some stuff this year that was fun because yeah I don't know like yeah, enjoying it whilst whilst you're doing it, you know people. Are, what, what, yeah, like people who achieve great things, you know, they'll have like even having like five things on your Wikipedia page 
five things in a lifetime isn't you know it wasn't all they did so just enjoying the the act of it and maybe not getting too existential about it's probably the most fun yeah and how do most of your clients find you um mix word of mouth couple online on like through instagram have come through um and then yeah just when you work with people those people you know move jobs and then work different places or you know some people will be starting a business and maybe someone will know me and then I'll get put in touch with them or I do a few websites and there's a made by Charlie Straw at the bottom so that's always quite handy um and yeah yeah all all manner I suppose um but there's probably yeah there's probably constants that that I've, I've been really lucky to have from early on that then have had offshoots and like their networks helped my work as well. So yeah, who knows? I try not to think about that too much. Otherwise I'll start panicking. Yeah. And are you, do you sort of, are you ever having to hustle to go and find work or is it, I, I know it's stressful to say it out loud because you think you're going to jinx it, but is it sort of a constant trickle coming to you? Are you or are you having to go out and find those jobs? Well, it's, it's a good question for now because this feels like the first dip I've worked through as an economic dip um and I have th- like a couple of like a, like a month or so ago I tend to work with like a month to six weeks r- runway generally and it got down to like a week 10 days and then it was starting to starting to panic a little bit as I I tend to do um and then it, like I was lucky that you know like some exciting work came in and I was off again um and yeah I don't it was a good spur to like yeah well I updated my website <laughs> you know it's like probably a good reminder too but I think yeah I I think to my touch wood I've been lucky that yeah I've, I've kept busy um and yeah I just don't want to jinx it yeah you know it's it's such a such a thing I bit it's great having like base clients like I've always pretty much always had a retainer for the last four years and that just means like in London I can have a bills and rent and then everything else on there feels like a bonus um and having those in kind of stretches your timeline out as well so you can yeah i don't know not be worried about what you're doing on thursday or monday like i i generally know um and i've got much better at time management are you quite sort of strict with your weekly schedule working for yourself or is it kind of more fluid than that no strict yeah, I have block days, you know, and I'm working for a client today. I'm working for a client Tuesday to Thursday, and then I'm on another one on Friday. And I will generally not, other than teeing up the work or saying, yep, sounds great. I won't really de- delve in and I sort of change hats depending on the project. Because otherwise I would just, yeah, it would get out of control. Cool. Well, we'll just end with some quick fire questions if that's cool with you. Yeah, go for it. Best book you've read recently? Ooh. Um, oh, what's the best book? I mean, I'm loving the one I'm reading at the moment, Waterlog by Roger Deakin, um, which is all about sort of wild swimming around the UK, um, which is great. And I've been by the sea for the last bit, so I've been swimming every day. So it's good fodder for that. I loved Cleopatra and Frankenstein on holiday. That was quite a good fun read. Um, yeah, I mean, Liz is a voracious reader, so I have a, a constant stream, but. I'm trying to think of other ones. I did actually, I read the Nick Cave book recently and that was, that was good. Um, 
good creative fodder. His the way he talks about the creative process is fascinating. And grief. He writes beautifully on grief. It's called Faith, Carnage and Hope. Oh, I've not read that. I love him so much. <laughs> yeah, he's awesome. You gotta read it. It's like this conversation that him and uh his friend who's a journalist had in lockdown. Um there we are three. Does that count as one? <laughs> Yeah, no, that's good. And while anything about wide swimming, I've, I've got to read that as well. <laughs> You've got, yeah, that nature writing, fiction and non-fiction. <laughs> what job would you have if you didn't do what you do? Um, I The only job I've been like, oh, I wonder what that would have been like as an architect. I think I was probably like, I had a matty aside when I was younger and that seemed like a good mix of the two. And finally, why is living a creative life important to you? Um, because I think it brings me the most happiness and I, yeah, can't imagine. I think I'd be just really bummed out if I didn't, like, make stuff. I get such a kick out of being able to make stuff. If you want to find out more about Charlie's music, you can find him on Instagram at charliestrawful or for his design work, take a look at charliestraw underscore design. You can find me at Georgie Stewart Illustration. If you enjoyed this episode, I'd love for you to share it with a friend or anyone who might find it interesting. Thank you for listening to Creative Rituals. <laughs>